You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. We are in a Jesus is King series. I, w- I want to make sure to say this, that Jesus has been king before Kanye said he was. Listen, I'm happy for Kanye. I am. I'm glad that he went from Jesus to Jesus, from I am a God to Jesus is King, from stealing the microphone to Taylor Swift to, Right? Jesus is King is the series that we're in today. If God can transform Kanye West, he can transform the heart and life of anybody. I believe that. If you believe it, you can let me know by clapping, making some noise. Good. And we are about to celebrate Jesus' birthday. That's something to be very excited about. We're about to celebrate the virgin birth of Jesus. We're about to celebrate his life and what that means, the incredible sacrifice that he ended up giving on the cross. And so today, I just want to make it very clear that we are celebrating Jesus as we get uh, a few days before Christmas. I want to say this, Merry Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Is that right? Is that enough Eves? I love that. And if you were to read the Bible from the front to the back, Pastor Jurgen would encourage that, as he, he usually says, you would find that the entire Bible is pointing to and telling the story of the person of Jesus. He's all through it, from the very beginning to the very end, everywhere in between. This book is telling the story of the person of Jesus. And I love this, that in the Old Testament, they are even talking about him thousands of years before he even hits the planet, thousands of years before he is actually birthed they're talking about him. If you have your Bibles, does this church have their Bibles? This is a Bible bringing church. Jesus is a big deal, y'all. The prophet Isaiah prophesies about the birth of Jesus thousands of years. If you have your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I love even that Haley is up here citing the scripture that I'm about to read to you. Half preaches my messages. I'm like, go girl, get it. It says this. This is a famous Christmas verse. It says, for, uh, for, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Most people stop right there. I'm going to keep reading just a little bit more. It says, of the increase of his government, his rule, his domain, what comes under his authority and his power, and of peace, there will be no end. That's good news, church. Of his peace, there will be no end. So before we jump in tonight, I want to pray. If you can just bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of peace. God, that you sent your son Jesus to be the prince of peace. You gave him royal power, royal authority, and to bring the gospel of peace into the earth. So Lord, tonight I pray that you speak through me to these people, God, through your word, which is alive and active and well. God, that your word transforms their hearts, transforms their minds. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Do you guys know what a working definition is? It means it's like not in the dictionary. It's like being changed quite a bit. Maybe Urban Dictionary would have a working definition of them. But I want to give this definition tonight of peace. We are going to land on and focus on peace. And I know that you've uh, heard a few messages the last few weeks about peace, right? Pastor Leanne came, absolutely dropped a bomb. I know Pastor Sam listened to his message, dropped a bomb on peace. And I prepped this message, and I was like, oh, cool. I'm the third guy preaching about peace. An insecure version of me would have gone, cool, now I need to rewrite my entire message, right? I have a wife who says, no, you should pray about it and see if you should keep it. I didn't get a no, so that's how I know that this message, even though you've been hearing this topic of peace, God's trying to land something here tonight. I believe that. So we're focusing in, dialing in peace. This is my working definition of peace. Harmony and calmness of body, mind, and spirit, 
trusting in the power and grace of God, superseding all earthly circumstances. It's a good definition. I'm going to read it one more time. Harmony and calmness of body, mind, and spirit, trusting in the power and grace of God, superseding, dominating, overwhelming, being more than, occupying all earthly circumstances. We have some note takers in this church. Okay, I got five points in like 13 minutes, so I got I to gotta hustle. Point one, write this down tonight if you're taking notes. Do not confuse tranquility for peace. Tranquility is me and my honeymoon in Cabo with zucchinis on my eye and a robe on and hot rock situation. That's, that's tranquil. This is real life. I love in chapter Mark, I'm not going to read it because I'm trying to move along, the story of Jesus taking his disciples out. There's a storm that happens. Jesus is taking a nap. That's wisdom right there. Jesus is taking a nap. His disciples wake out. They're freaking out. We're drowning. The boat is going down. Help us. Why are we dying? And Jesus wakes up, and I love what he says in in Mark. He says, peace, be still. And what happens? There's a great calm that comes over the water that they are. The peace comes, and the storm stops. But let me remind you that the situation that they are in is not tranquil. I can imagine Peter's off the side puking his guts out because he just had all-you-can-eat bread and fish situation. They're soaking wet. Their boat is still halfway submerged. Cargo is in array everywhere. They're scared and terrified. Although peace is brought, tranquility is not there. They're not the same thing. You guys catching this tonight? Do not confuse tranquility with peace. And let me tell you this about the gospel of peace. It's not tranquil. God is not a tranquil God. He's a God of peace, but he's a ground-taking God. He's a go-after-it God. He's a make-moves God. So do not confuse peace with tranquility. You guys ready for number two? This is a good one. The beginning of peace does not mean the end of conflict. Remember our working definition of peace doesn't mean that a war has ended or stopped or has been won or has been agreed to peace. The beginning of peace does not mean the end of conflict. There's a, a verse that I love. It's in John chapter 16, verse 33. It says this. I chose the ESV version for night just for kicks. I have said these things to you that in me, in who? Jesus, yep, that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. What a promise. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Jesus is really smart. I like the way that he thinks. He's setting them up to know, hey, you becoming a Christian, great. This is going to be awesome for you. You're going to change the world. Your whole life is going to be transformed. Crazy things are going to be happening left and right. But guess what? Hard stuff's coming your way too. He promises it. That doesn't sound real fun to say, does it? But I look at the end of this verse where it says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome whatever situation, circumstance, thing that you're combating because as the Prince of Peace, remember we're celebrating Jesus coming and, and having his life. And as the Prince of Peace, he's been given power and authority to bring peace into any and every situation. Can I tell you that's right where he's perfectly suited to be? He's perfectly suited to bring peace into any and every circumstance and situation. Amen? Amen. Signing up to be a Christian used to mean you're, getting, you're like killed. People are hunting for you. People are looking for you. In comparison, wouldn't you say that it's a bit silly to, to get our, our entire world wrapped around the, the fear of what might be going on? I love this about Jesus, is that he gives us a chance to mature spiritually when these things come up. I don't know who said it or if I'm even saying it right, but life is 90% what happens to you, or excuse me, 
10% what you do about it and 90% what happens to you. Someone help me. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Math. 90% what happens? I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. But God's actually giving us an opportunity to be spiritually mature and decide to respond to the conflicts with peace rather than react. React goes, oh, this is happening to me. Reaction. Response is, no, peace of God's in me. Peace of God's in me. I know Jesus. I know God. I know that he's bigger than this. I know that whatever I'm dealing with must succumb to his name. Got this. It's a peace. Harmony, mind, body, spirit superseding all of our earthly our circumstances. You guys catching this? Conflict is an interesting thing. Uh, if you're an Enneagram 9 in here, you hate conflict. You hate conflict. My, my sweet sister-in-law is an Enneagram 9, and so game night is, is really fun with her. My wife and I are incredibly competitive. I don't know if you've heard of the game called Bananagrams. It's like Scrabble on steroids. It doesn't have a little board thing. You can come up with your own words. And so we're playing last night, and I'm trying to, like, spell out, you know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And uh, I steal one of Marissa's tiles. We're still arguing about it. We'll fight about this later. And I just watch my sweet sister-in-law. There's conflict between us. And she's like, oh, like, do you guys want some dessert? <laughs> do you guys need to go? Does anyone need to go to the bathroom? <laughs> Listen, if, you're, if you have a hard time dealing with conflict in your, li in your life, you're looking to avoid conflict, I'm going to give you a double-edged coin here, okay? You can't run from it, but you can run to Jesus. You can't run from that, but you can run to the peace that Jesus has for you. Amen? Pray for those Enneagram nines. <laughs> point number three, you guys still with me? All right, I love this one. This is probably my favorite point. Peace will lead you to make best decisions. I have like a scale of how good a decision is. It's either poor, good, better, best. Say it with me. Poor, good, better, best. Who wants to make best decisions? If your hand's not raised, I'm going to try this again. Who wants to make best decisions? Poor, good, better, best. The peace of God, when you have it in your life, will lead you to make best decisions. The Bible says this. Do not, anxious, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Love this piece of scripture right here. This is a powerful piece of scripture. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Guess where your decisions come from? Your hearts and your minds. Your hearts and your minds. Your hearts and your minds. And so in order to make best decisions, yes, absolutely follow the peace of God. My advice to you, my encouragement to you is to also let a leader into that. Here's why. I'll, I'll tell the story that, that Dr. Matt was, was explaining. My transition to C3 was a peace decision. You ever been around mature Christians and they start talking like, I did or did not do this because I did or did not have peace? I had peace about this, so I did it. I didn't have peace about this, so I didn't, right? My transition to C3 was a peace decision. Even though I had moved to San Diego to plant a church, my identity is wrapped up in that. I've given five years of my life to it. I love the people there. I love the church. I never saw myself leaving. As soon as Marissa and I started dating, I was like, dear God, thank you, Jesus. I actually can see myself marrying this girl. I'm a picky, I was a real picky guy. I didn't date anybody for like two years. Met Marissa. I was like, okay, this is the one. Like, we can do this. Little problem, though. Uh, leader, leaders don't like to leave where they are. 
so Marissa pretty much told me right away, like, hey, uh, don't date other pastors, uh, not leaving my church, good luck, Chuck. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, I, I, like, I like this a little bit. <laughs> Challenge accepted. So I turned my persistence to a 100. I friend zoned myself. I was like, hey, girl, whatever. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to go after you, but if you want to talk, we could talk. Do you like acai bowls? I don't know why I kept, I kept asking her acai bowls. <laughs> I was like, coffee's not working. I was like, evils. <laughs> and so our relationship is progressing, right? I'm going, okay, I want to get, get engaged to her. I want to marry her. Like, I know for sure this is the girl. But the, the problem, again, is that she was heart and soul here. And I was heart and soul there. And so I think very quickly in our hearts, we realize, okay, a decision is going to have to be made on what we're going to do with this situation. What decision can we make? Either here, It was pretty simple. Either you're coming here or I'm going there, right? Pretty simple math. I'm coming here, you're going there. And I'll tell you the truth. I was pretty stubborn about it for probably two months. Wasn't even open to the idea of praying about coming to C3. I got to the fasting part. I know Dr. Matt didn't get to the fasting part. Got to the fasting part. Heard from God, okay, you're supposed to go to C3. But I love that Pastor Matt and Michaela were able to sit down with me and just let me process with them. Can I tell you that they were unbiased in these meetings? Not, hey, we hope you come, or hey, we think it's the right thing, or they just let me bounce off of them and just let me process with them. And because I had the peace of God and I had a leader in my ear was helping me see, okay, and just process with it. The decision that I made a year ago is the best decision that I ever made in my, ever, ever. This is how I've always hoped and believed and dreamt that church could be. But even though everything in my life lined up, didn't line up naturally, right? I was giving up my job. I was giving up the place I was living. I was giving up the free car that I was driving. Had been working on a separate degree specifically for a pastoral license that I was a month away from getting. And to be able to walk away from that when everything lined up against me in the natural, here's what I did. I turned to peace, and to be able to walk away from everything that, that lined up naturally for me. Can I tell you it was an easy decision to make? The repercussions were hard, but the decision was easy to make because I made it out of peace. I want you guys to make best decisions. I'm going to say this. You can write it down. We are an inquire, not inform culture. Talk to your leaders before you make big decisions. Hey, I'm thinking about this job. I'm thinking about moving here. I'm thinking about dating so-and-so. Get leaders in your ears who care about you. Yes, follow the peace of God, but get leaders in your ear. I want to say this while I'm here at North Campus. This is specifically for the young adult ladies. Specifically, if you are thinking, considering, wondering about dating someone here, good, you're starting in the right place, looking in the church, good. Three questions that you need to ask yourself. You must ask these three questions. Whose connect group is he in? Who is his eMERGE captain? And which team is he currently serving on? You ask these three questions, I promise. It's like a little funnel situation. Gentlemen, if you can't answer those questions, you're in trouble. Teach them. Okay, you guys ready for number four? I'm going to go quick because I want to get to our ministry time. Number four is peace belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this. Peace I leave you. This is Jesus talking. My peace I give to you. You think Jesus is an Indian giver? You think Jesus has ever said something that he didn't mean? Let me tell you, the answer is no. It goes on to say this, not as the world gives you, take backers, change my minders, just kidding. 
do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, never, neither let them be afraid. If Jesus gave it to you, you best believe it's yours. Peace belongs to you. And I think this about the enemy, I think that we get stuck, that the enemy's favorite thing to do is to get us to sin. He's not worried about that. We do that by ourselves just fine. That's easy. I think what the enemy is most terrified of or what he's most after is us losing our peace. Because when we lose the peace of God, our decisions start to change. How we, our mind and heart is no longer guarded. So we may, do you guys see this snowball effect? Peace is really important to God. But if peace is yours, but you don't have it, where did it go? If peace belongs to you, if it's yours, but you don't have it, where did it go? Who stole it from you? Where did you let it run away? Where did you decide that it didn't belong to you anymore? I watched an episode of Hoarders for the first time. That stole my peace right away. I'm just saying. Anxiety, fear, stress, finances, family, offense. Hello. I'm going to stop on that one a little bit. Offense, when you see someone walk into the room that you're still offended by and you haven't confronted them and told them that you're offended, and all of a sudden, your peace is gone. If peace belongs to you, then where did it go? Why did you let someone steal it? Do not let your peace be robbed from you. You make the decision that it's yours. Make the decision that it's given to you, is paid for for you. My heart's not going to be troubled, right? You guys catch any of this? Okay. This is my final point, point number five. Peace must be experienced. If I can have the band come up, make me sound more spiritual, that'd be rad. Point number five is peace must be experienced. Not only must you experience peace in your own life, but the world around you needs to see it too. You put a Christian who has the peace of God in their life and someone who is a non-believer who their life is a mess, you put them in the same situation I'll tell you what will happen. The person who has the peace of God is going to handle it a lot differently. They're not going to be overwhelmed by that thing, and they're not going to be pressed down by that thing. They're not going to be disappointed and frustrated for very long. I was at the, well, I'm not going to say where. I was at the mall today, and I was in a particular shop buying a particular thing, and I had one of my buddies with me, and this lady said, man, you guys are like so chill for shopping a few days before Christmas. Like, people come in here, they're frantic, like, they're looking everywhere, like, they're, they're in a hurry. You guys are so chill. I was like, it's the peace of God, baby. <laughs> people around you need to, they need to see your life have the peace of God on it. They need to see your life do it. I know this, though, experience trumps information every single time, twice on Sundays. And tonight, I know that you've heard a lot of great stuff on peace. Hopefully, you've written notes down. Hopefully something got your attention. Hopefully something resonated with you. I know you've heard a lot of information on peace. That's great. Maybe you've read a lot of books about peace or a lot of scripture about peace or listened to a lot of talks about peace, but you haven't quite experienced it yet. You haven't quite actually known what that feels like yet. I tell this story of, I have a friend whose name is Crystal and She's probably the most networked person that I've ever met. Like has the most friends in the most places that I've ever met. She's friends with the dude from uh, Twilight. What's his name? Not the Pacey guy, the furry guy. Taylor Lautner. She's got all these friends all across the country. And she calls me one day and she says, hey, I got a, I got a job for you. I have a friend who lives in Ohio and he wants to buy a car in Oceanside. 
He needs you to drive up to Oceanside, take pictures of the car, check it all out, make sure everything's legit. He's gonna pay you $1,000 to drive up there. I was like, my schedule is free, let's do this. So I get in my car, drive up to Oceanside. She just sends me the address. She's like, yeah, you know, just take pictures of it. Make sure the car's all good. Like, take pictures of the, uh, the, the dial. Like, make sure there's the right amount of miles on it. Like, check it all out, be good. I'm like, okay, cool. So I show up to this guy's house, and you know when you drive into a neighborhood and then all of a sudden the, the roads get really, really wide? Like, you could drive like seven cars side by side next to it. I'm like, okay, like, this is gonna be, a, this is probably gonna be a very, very nice car. So I go knock on this dude's door and this like awesome like Brooklyn Italian, like how Brooklyn Italian people would talk. He answers the door, like, hey, what's up, man? It's me, Tony. Straight up like that. Dude is wearing like an Adidas, you know, the whole track suit. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, hey, you know, my name is Sterling and I'm here like, you know, check out the car. My friend sent me, I'm gonna take pictures of it. He's like, yeah, man, come with me, man. Come on, I'll show you. And so he comes over in this like, this separate garage that he has. And he clicks the little button and the garage door kind of does this. And remind you, I, I'm here, I don't know what kind of car that I'm looking at. I'm like a Prius, like let's go. Like, a tr what, what is it? Shout out to Priuses. <laughs> and the, the garage door starts to lift up. And can I tell you the, the most beautiful, slicked out, convertible, just gnarly looking Lamborghini that I've ever seen in my life two questions right away. What does this guy do? What does my friend do? This is amazing. So he starts telling me all this information about the car. Pulls it out. Oh, you got to rotate the tires a certain way. And it's got three modes. It's got speed, sport, and, and Corsa mode. This is like race mode. Oh, the paint is this. The leather is this. The engine is this. The and he just starts listing all this information about the car. At this point, I'm convinced that he thinks that this is what I do for a living. Like I'm a Lamborghini enthusiast, like specialist. I'm like, you know, pretending I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah, the, 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 it's in the right place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got this? Okay, yeah. And this guy's convinced that this is what I do for a living. So he's just rattling off all this useless information to me. I'm like, cool, man. And I said, you know what I probably need to do? I probably need to take it for a test drive. <laughs> There's no way to know for sure if this is legit or not. So he says, no, you can't drive it, but do you wanna hop in? I said, that will do just fine. And so I get into this beautiful slicked out black Lamborghini, like the convertible goes down. You guys know those couches that if you go like this on the couch, it like leaves a line? That's what the seats are made out of. I'm like, am I dirty? Do I have things on my feet? Like, I'm like. And this guy is just so pumped about his car. Information, information, does this, it does this, it does this. But can I tell you the moment that he turned that car on, I immediately felt the power of that machine. I had an awareness of Lamborghinis before, but I never had an experience with one zero to 60 like that, zero to 100 like that, turning on a dime. Just, you could just feel the power around you. Had an understanding of what Lamborghinis were, but never sat in one like that before. And that's how I think peace is for a lot of us here tonight. That you have information and you have an awareness and maybe you've seen it on someone else and maybe you've read a book or you've heard a great sermon or you've but you haven't actually had an experience with it yet. You haven't sat in the power of the peace of God. 
And so tonight I wanna do this. If everyone would bow their, their head and close their eyes. Without knowing the Prince of Peace, you can't actually experience the peace that he's happy to give you, willing to give you, able to give you. It's supernatural. And so tonight, if you're in this room and you don't know personally the Prince of Peace, can I tell you that you are here on purpose tonight? It's not a coincidence that you are here. Whoever drug you along, however you got here, however you looked us up on Google, however you saw a brochure or a pamphlet, you are here tonight on purpose because the Prince of Peace is chasing you down because he's been sent with the gospel of peace. He's been sent by the God of peace. And tonight, if you're like, I've never experienced this peace that you're talking about, Sterling, it's because you don't know the Prince of Peace yet. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.